Welcome to the Lifestyle First podcast, discussing lifestyle medicine and making self-care as easy as one, two, three. One question, two research reviews, and three actionable health tips, all centered around the Lifestyle First method, your blueprint for the 10 key roots of optimal health and happiness. And now your host, lifestyle medicine physician and coach, Dr. Alka Patel. Hello and welcome. This is Series 3, Episode 5. And the theme in the Lifestyle First Method we'll be exploring today is S, sleep. And the one question we're focusing on is, how does sleep affect my weight? Now sleep, well it has so many enriching functions and the connections between sleep and appetite, hunger, cravings, body fat, lean mass, well they're now starting to emerge in relation to both the quantity of sleep you get and the quality of sleep you get. And maybe there's actually a positive spin on that phrase we all know, you snooze, you lose. So let's have a look at some of the research linking sleep and weight. Well, the two pieces of information that we're looking at today to support this discussion are my old favourite, the book Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, and also an article published in the journal Sleep Health in 2017, which was titled The Epidemiology of Sleep and Obesity. So today, to explore the question, how does sleep affect my weight? I have with me Dr. Sue Keneally. Dr. Keneally, Sue, she is a GP and a bariatric physician with a specialist interest in nutrition. And she works as both an NHS GP and also in NHS and private weight loss clinics. And she says that her main purpose in her work is to help people to become the best versions of themselves that they can by optimising their lifestyle, which includes weight loss if that's one of their goals. So Sue, over to you. Welcome. And perhaps you could start by explaining some of these emerging connections between sleep and weight. Thank you so much for having me this morning. This is very exciting. I'm so happy to be here. And I, I love your podcast. I'm a very keen listener. So yes, let's think about sleep and weight. The first thing I'd like to say really is sleep is so fundamentally important. Um, if you think about it, being unconscious uh, way back in the days when we were more at risk from things like predators and disease and things like that uh, was really quite dangerous. You know, we, we can't eat when we're asleep. We can't protect ourselves from threats when we're asleep uh, we can't reproduce when we're asleep there are lots of things we can't do that are fundamental to our survival uh, if we're sleeping so it must be critically important otherwise we'd have stopped doing it by now <laughs> yes. uh, and it turns out that sleep is one of the most important things when it comes to lots of different things like heart disease and diabetes and stress and many other things and it seems that there is a lot to do with sleep and weight too so i'm, I'm really quite excited about that I must say there's a lot of epidemiological evidence, which means we can look at a population and say, oh, look, if you gain weight, you tend to have less sleep. Or if you have less sleep, you tend to be heavier. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that one causes the other, um, but it means that there is a connection there somewhere. So it's a bit like the argument um, that um, maybe cigarette lighters cause cancer. Um, it really depends what you do with a cigarette lighter. If you use it to light cigarettes and then smoke them, it probably does correlate with you having lung cancer. If you use cigarette, cigarette lighters to, I don't know, light candles, 
then maybe it doesn't necessarily increase your risk of lung cancer. What do you think from things that you've kind of you've experienced in your own you know bariatric practice, your own weight loss clinics, which way is that equation traveling? Is it sleep affecting weight or weight affecting sleep? What is that connection that we're, we're, we're emerging now? Yeah the evidence is relatively clear it's both directions uh, but the evidence is much more that um, sleep affects weight gain. So if you are sleep deprived, you're more likely to gain weight. There's a small amount of evidence that says um, if you're overweight and as you gain weight, you get less sleep. But that's really only a few minutes a night. It's very little at all, in fact. On a population level, again, most of this is epidemiological evidence. So we're looking at populations and we know that people who are gaining weight on average sleep a few minutes less per night for each point of body mass index that they gain. Um, but my experience from weight loss clinics is that on an individual basis, if you can cure somebody's arthritis or you can help them with a sleep apnea, then individually um, they do sleep a lot better. But actually most of the evidence is the other way around, that if you're sleep deprived, you tend to gain weight. Right, okay. And the mechanisms kind of that underlie that, I find that sort of quite quite fascinating. Is it sort of the, the hormones that are... Uh, um, not kind of in that rhythm that they should be or is there something more going on what's going on with things like cravings because uh, we hear a lot about that as well don't we that actually sort of not sleeping increases your that kind of urge that craving particularly for for sugar what do you feel about that have you seen that as well happening yes that, that's what the evidence says it, it's lots of things it's a lot of common sense really that there are some deep-seated hormonal changes and there's some mixed evidence it must be said but there is some evidence that suggests that our hunger regulating hormones like leptin and ghrelin are affected by um, sleep deprivation so that you tend to get more hungry and you tend to feel less satiated with the food that you eat if you're sleep deprived but it's the common sense things we all know that if you're tired you tend to eat because it gives you energy and when you're eating to give you energy, you don't crave carrots and broccoli, you crave the substantial comforting stuff. Mm. Um, if you're sleep deprived, you tend to have a low mood and goodness knows comfort foods can really help with that. And there are lots of other mechanisms like that. Things like night shift workers, you know, they're sleeping at the wrong time of day when their body clock should be awake and their metabolism isn't geared up for that. And then during the night when they should be asleep, they're eating comfort food to try and stay awake to do their job. And we know from night shift workers that that's a particular problem. But it's the common sense thing. It's, it's eating for energy because you're tired is the main thing on top of the hormone changes. Yeah, no, absolutely. So do you in your clinic, do you talk about sort of sleep and weight quite a lot? I know you're sort of an advocate for certainly sort of focusing on that, um, that sort of reset of, of that clock, uh, if focusing on, on weight loss as well. How much of a part does that play? I do. I mean, we have to remember that when it comes to weight gain, there are, I think, a hundred different causes of weight gain in our society and sleep is only one. So we do focus on the big things. We talk about diet and exercise and stress and those kind of things. But um, yeah, I do. I sit and chat to my patients about sleep a lot because it's so important. And there was one lady I can bring to mind who we'd sorted out her diet. She was exercising regularly and she was looking at me saying, Doc, you have to help me. I'm still not losing weight. What can I do? And to be honest, I was running out of time and I thought, right, what would be an easy thing to talk about here in the next few minutes before I have to call my next patient in? And I said, okay, tell me about you and sleep. And she said, well, actually, it's terrible. I have overactive bladder and I get up 10 times a night because I have to go to the loo. 
So the thing that cured that lady's weight problem was I gave her medication for overactive bladder. She started sleeping through the night because she wasn't getting up 10 times a night to go to the loo. And it was transformative for her as an individual. So it really can make a difference. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Just opening up that conversation and getting an eye into actually what somebody's day looks like from beginning to end and sleep plays a huge part in that is it's actually quite eye-opening and it, it is you've done exactly that you've gone back to actually that real deep trigger and sorted that out and often we you know we don't do that do we we start at the end of of weight when actually it's going all the way back to all those kind of root causes that we love talking about don't we uh, which you kind of clearly did it in this case with, with big impact um which is great so um but there's certainly sort of some some evidence about sort of um calorie intake isn't there around um sleep and um and weight gain and and is there a kind of a, a base to that that people who don't sleep that sort of magic eight hours that magic number um, do almost automatically gain uh, or eat at least consume an additional three, four, five hundred calories um, a day. How much information is there to sort of back back that up? Yeah, there is some information. Again, the evidence is mixed, which it always is. Um, if anyone tells you that any scientific evidence, particularly around things like sleep and nutrition, which are notoriously difficult to study, are consistent, then um, I would question them very closely because studies will always be mixed. Mm. Um, so there are some studies that say, no, there's no difference at all. Um, but there are enough studies that say, probably an extra 500 calories go in if you sleep deprived, that's every day. And it's not as simple as simple maths, but if you do the simple maths, that would be the equivalent of a pound of weight gain every week. Mm. Um, it wouldn't be that because there are complex hormones in play and appetite regulatory processes and that kind of thing that would moderate that. But just doing the cold, hard maths, that could equate to a pound a week of weight gain just because you're getting five hours of sleep rather than eight hours of sleep. And I think from a motivational angle, that can be quite motivating for individuals to think, well, actually, you know, that's something that I really can look hard at, at learning and changing my sort of adaptations and fixing my sleep because that extra pound a week is, is something that I don't need because of my sleep it's different if it's because of my approach to sort of eating or something else but this is sleep you know and as you said at the beginning it's got so many other fundamental benefits doesn't it sleep you know it's evolutionary and it's stuck with us for a reason uh, that there's even more reason now to kind of focus it on it as well isn't there so um fascinating. yeah exactly you know i, I hear um, my personal trainers forever telling me you need to get up at 5 30 a.m you need to be in my class for 6 a.m we need to do a hard workout for an hour before you start your day and there's a lot of value in that uh, i must admit i don't do it because i value sleep more than that um but that would be a very big ask our neural circuitry it's designed to help us to seek pleasure because from an evolutionary point of view the things that give us pleasure if we treat them correctly should also be the things that help us to thrive mm. we're wired to avoid pain and we're wired to conserve energy because back in the days when we were hunter gatherers um, energy was scarce so food was scarce so we're, we're wired to be very careful on those things and getting up at 5 30 in the morning to go for a hard exercise when it's cold and wet outside is against all of that and i'd recommend regular exercise of course i would and i do work out hard regularly um, but not at the expense of my sleep but in comparison with just getting into bed you know that's an easy win it has to be surely yes and um, so it's one of my non-negotiables now i'm in bed for probably seven and a half or eight hours of sleep opportunity 
um, because you can't talk about definite sleep. We, nobody can guarantee that you'll sleep the whole time. Mm. But seven and a half to eight hours of sleep opportunity, which means I'm in bed with the intention of sleeping rather than playing with my phone or uh, spending time with my husband. I'm intending to sleep. It's because I believe it's fundamentally important. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Completely concur with that. Have you come across anything around... Um, we keep talking about sleep quantity, don't we, in terms of the sort of magic number, but what about sleep quality? Does that play a part in, um, in the topic of today in terms of sort of um, weight specifically? It does. That There is evidence that says that sleep quality can be as important as sleep quantity. Of course, the problem with that is it's tricky to change. So it, it's easy to say you need to give yourself more sleep opportunity, um, but increasing your sleep quality um, can be a bigger ask. It can be about things like minimizing stress and avoiding alcohol and those kind of things. There are other things you can do, like minimize the high temperatures in your room and make sure your pillow's right and get the right covering for you, whether it's a blanket or a duvet or, or whatever you use. Optimizing all of that can help with sleep quality, but it's a bit more tricky to achieve than just getting into bed and staying there. Mm, yeah yeah i think so but again you know small things are worth that sort of uh, uh face and it's all the incremental uh, cumulative effect of what we do that i think makes the makes the bigger difference so um that's great that's really interesting so certainly i think you sort of managed to unravel that connection between um, sleep and weight and kind of what direction uh that plays a plays a part in so predominantly it's sleep that's affecting weight and in some people weight will affect sleep but just by by a small amount is i think what we've uh, what we've managed to conclude it, it is a little bit more complicated there are things yeah. like for example depression where people don't sleep and they tend to gain weight um, and it could be that depression is causing the sleep loss and the weight gain um, but i think in the face of such big epidemiologic evidence i think we have to say that getting into bed and staying there for seven and a half to eight hours a night should help you with your weight. And now, here is your lifestyle first prescription. Your three activating actions to take you from knowing to doing. Right, so let's move on now to uh, what I always consider to be my favourite part of the podcast, um, at least, which is uh, where we go from knowing to doing, where we go from theory to practice, um, and really sort of try and give a few actionable uh, health actions ready to, to put into place. So have you got three health actions for today, Sue? I have, definitely. Uh, my number one, and I do all of these myself um, because I believe in them so much and they've benefited me so much. Uh, number one, regular sleep schedule. Okay, um, I'm very blessed in this area in that my body clock, when it gets to 11.30 p.m., my body clock says, I don't care what you're doing or where you are, you will sleep now. Um, but many of us are not blessed with that, or you could say it's a blessing not to have that. Um, but if you can get a regular bedtime and Within reason, obviously we have lives, we have interests, we have hobbies, we have social lives, but within reason, if you can more or less stick to the same bedtime every night, and equally the same rising time every morning, uh, that does wonders for your sleep cycles. That's really, really good, and that helps you to regulate all the other hormones and so on that are so important that are related with sleep and general well-being. So regular sleep schedule. Number two, exercise. Um, on one level, it's fairly simple. If you exercise hard, you're going to be more tired. And in the same way as hunger is important for eating, um, being tired is good for sleeping. So tiring yourself out every day is a good thing. Um, but more than that, it's again about the hormones and it's all about the melatonin and other things like that that really help you to get a, a better quality of sleep. Um, 
if you've worked out hard. So it's partly tiring yourself out and partly improving your hormone regulation to get better sleep. And a bedtime routine, having established your bedtime, this is number three, um, have a nice wind down. So um, there's a lot of evidence that says um, something like having a hot bath before you go to bed or a hot shower. It's not the heating up that makes you sleep well, it's the cooling down after the heating up that makes the difference. So having a nice hot shower and switching off your screens, no social media, um, no clicking away on your laptop for an hour before bed, just relax and do a meditation if you need to, but have a lovely warm down meditation or warm down routine for the rest of the day before you get into your bed at the time you've agreed with yourself to get your nice long sleep opportunity. Perfect. I love that. I love that because of its simplicity. So it feels very simplistic to just put those things into motion. But I think the important thing is to think about how important is this for you. So if you are on a weight loss journey, sleep plays a little part in that. All the little parts make a difference. If this is important enough to you, then it's important enough to make those small changes, which, you know, take a bit of getting used to. If you've always been somebody who's been on social media before bed and used to scrolling, it, it's that discipline, but it's back to kind of understanding your why and your reason for this goal that you want to achieve or whatever it is that you want to do, making that feel really fundamentally important. So thank you for those uh, three tips. I think they're, uh, they're great. And the fact that you're, you know, proof of the pudding, practicing uh, what you're preaching um, is, is fantastic as well. So um, amazing. Um, so, so if people wanted to find out a little bit more um, about you and what you're doing where can they seek you out okay my website is drsuekeneally.com um, and if you want to find me on twitter i'm at drsuekeneally although i don't tend to hang out on twitter quite so much um, you can find me drsuekeneally on facebook and on instagram i'm plant-based lifestyle medic amazing Fantastic. Lots of places that people can find you then. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Um, you've given us some great insights, which has been um, brilliant. So uh, really appreciate that. It's been lovely having you here. Uh, thank you so much. And I guess that just leaves me to wish us all a happy, healthy day. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Lifestyle First podcast, making self-care as easy as one, two, three. Don't forget to subscribe and share. And we'd love it if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. To learn more or to arrange a consultation, please visit www.dralkapatel.com. See you next time.